faith in Jesus Christ, to live boldly for their faith. Uh, you heard Bill mention that we had kind of two big things this weekend uh, in regards to that. One is that uh, we had our, our Discipleship Now weekend. This is where we get a ton of students together and they, uh, they uh, come to a time of worship, come to a time of word, and, and then they stay at host homes and they hear more about the word. They have fellowship. They have all this time. And if you went over there right now, I'm sure that some of them are falling asleep right now in church because <laughs> it was a busy weekend. But it's all about equipping them to live out their calling. Their, the theme for this weekend was holy moments. I've been praying for the last few weeks that many of these kids, because it is not an easy time to be a teenager in the world that we live in right now. I'm praying, I've been praying for the last weekend that they would experience Christ in a real way, that they would have a holy moment with God. And as you heard that two of them from this weekend are getting baptized, but not to mention how many of them made a decision for Jesus this weekend. Or how many of them, the seed was planted in their life and it will continue to be watered. You heard that we had uh, nine people baptized at nine o'clock this morning. And at, at the nine o'clock after it, we, uh, we only had one towel left. <laughs> we ran out of towels. One of our deacons... Uh, urgently ran out, talk about living with urgency. They urgently ran out to get more towels before we started the two baptisms at the 1030 service. And not a good problem to have. But you know, that's, that's our calling is to equip the next generation. And we should make our life, make our living about equipping the next generation to live out their faith and call in their lives. And I believe in it so much that uh, over the last few services, we've been just taking a moment to pray over these kids that were baptized this morning. We're praying over the kids that participated in D-Now. And so I want to invite you right now. It's that important that we're going to take a moment right now to pray over these kids that were baptized and participated in D-Now. We pray with me? Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace. God, thank you for the ability as a church to pour into a next generation. But God, we pray that God, as seeds were planted this weekend, God, that you would continue to water them for these children that made a decision to follow you as their Lord and Savior and were baptized this morning. May you bless them. May God, you encourage them. May you equip them. May you use us to be an equipping in their life. Father, we ask that they would in all ways be glorifying unto you. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. It should be about equipping. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes this. He says in verse 16, from, from the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. Listen to this. It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In other words, when we are working properly, living out our calling that God has placed on our lives, the body of Christ, not the building of the church, the body of Christ grows. And it also says not only it grows, it builds itself up in love. You know, if each, and I, each of you and I lived our day and we said, God, who can I come alongside of today to share the truth of your gospel? Who could I come alongside of to pray for? Who could I come alongside of to encourage? If we lived like that, it says the body would grow. It means that that neighbor that we have been praying for for so many years would be sitting next to us. 
in the body of Christ. It means that friend or family member, when we live out the calling that God has placed in our life, we would hopefully, in Christ's timing, see them come to faith. Live out the calling that God has on your life. It means living for his glory and his calling on your life. Third thing you can write down this morning, we're going to live with a sense of urgency. Purposely prioritize kingdom work. Purposefully prioritize kingdom work. Paul wrote to Titus, he says, and let the people learn to devote themselves to good works. Paul used the word learn there. <laughs> it means that they hadn't quite figured it out. I know that you and I, as we go through life, there's some things that we have to learn about faith. We need to learn, and, and Paul is writing this, that, that we need to learn to be devoted to good works you know that phrase, good works there? It's an interesting phrase. As you look at the original language, what it means is beautiful works. Almost like if you can imagine, you've ever seen a beautiful artistic piece, a painting or a drawing, and then you look at it, as you see this beautiful painting, you can't help but be drawn into the colors and the details. When you see that masterpiece, you lean in, you look, you're amazed by it. It's kind of what Paul is talking about. He's saying we need to be devoted to beautiful works. In other words, how we treat people, how we love people would be seen as beautiful. Not in a sense that it draws attention to us, but it draws attention to the Lord Jesus. That we would love son, each other so well that the outside world would see the beauty of our creator and our redeemer, Jesus. That's what it means that we would be devoted. But why, why does Paul say to the church in Crete, and I believe to us, that we need to learn to devote ourselves to kingdom work? Why, why would we struggle? Here's why. Here's the, the difficult truth. Kingdom work is not about us. <laughs> kingdom work is not about our glory. Kingdom work is not even about our reward. It's about the glory of our God. And sometimes for you and I, we, we struggle to prioritize that we don't immediately benefit from it. Our, our first priority is not always others, it's ourselves. And so we have to learn to devote ourselves to, to prioritize Christ first and understand it's not about us. It's learning this concept can be difficult. But here's some things that I think can, can help us live with eternal significance in our life. First thing is, Purposeful prayer. Purposeful prayer. I love the Lord's Prayer. Jesus modeled for us. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. In other words, it's not about my kingdom, Lord. It is about your kingdom and your will be done. And I believe if we're going to prioritize kingdom work, we, we, we've got to say, Lord, it's about you. It's about your kingdom. We've got to be intentional about it. And as we do that, I believe that the Lord work and works on our heart. He softens our hearts. But it leads us to a place of what the next thing I think is strategic surrender. Paul would write, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's this idea of the more that I give up of my life, the more that I surrender unto Christ, the more that I live more fully with purpose and for the glory of God. But thirdly, is that we've got to have love in action. It's not just something we think about. It's not just something we talk about. It's not just something we read. It's something we do in our everyday lives. 
James, the book of James says, love without works is dead. Our love needs to be alive by living in faithfulness to what God has called. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Kingdom things. Set your mind on kingdom things. Fourth thing that you can write down is make time for divine appointments. Paul, Paul writes this. He says, be available basically so as to help cases of urgent needs and not be unfruitful. Paul says that the church in Crete uh, to Titus, be available to help in urgent needs. I've never had an urgent need in my life that I was able to plan out. Have you? <laughs> it's not like, hey, next week I'm going to have an urgent need. Hey, next week, one of my friends, they're going to have an urgent need. You know, urgent needs, they come unexpectedly usually, right? <laughs> I like to think of urgent needs often as divine appointments. <laughs> divine appointments. And you ask what a divine appointment is. It is a meeting with another person that God has unmistakably and specifically arranged for you. It is a meeting with another person that God has unmistakably and specifically arranged. Here's the thing. Divine appointments don't always come at convenient times. But we need to be available for them. God wants you and I to be available to his call, to his divine appointments. Are you allowing God to have permission over your life and your time so that he can include you a part of his will and mission to be a part of divine appointments. You know, uh, calendaring has changed very much in the last 20 to 30 years. Is You know, keeping your calendar before meant that you kept a, a day timer. Anybody have one of those before? And you'd open it up and you'd look there. And then if the, your appointments changed, you had to erase it or white it out. And then, or, or you had the big whiteboard calendar. You ever seen one of those? Some of you guys may still have one of those. And you could write it out. Or you had this big calendar that had all the months you flipped up. Now they have digital calendars, right? It makes it easy, right? And, and, and you can go in there and you can edit, you can delete, you can add, you can do all these things. But when digital calendars came out, there was this feature that came out. It's called a shared calendar. And what happens with a shared calendar is I can take my calendar, which I, I do, and I share it with people, important people in my life. My, my wife has my calendar and she likes to add things to it sometimes. And I give her that permission, right? Sometimes she likes to take things away that I think are important. But I give her that permission. I give her that privilege that we have a shared calendar. I share my calendar with a few of our staff here at church so they know where I am. I'm accountable in my time. And if they need to add to or take away and make an appointment, they can do that. But it's a, I would consider it a pretty big uh, privilege to you know, share my calendar and give them that opportunity to add or edit or delete. A question for us, though, is do we give God that permission in our life? Do we allow God authority and permission over our time and our calendars to say, God, if there's something you want to change, if there's something you want to add, if there's a divine appointment that you want to place on here, my calendar is yours, Lord. It's available. I'm available for you. Are you giving God that permission in your life? Are you saying, God... <laughs> If tonight at 9 p.m., one of my friends calls me and they need prayer, they need someone to talk to, God, I'm available. Are you saying, God, 
Maybe tomorrow at 9 a.m. at the busiest part of the day where I have multiple other meetings and I'm trying to rush to get everything done. God, if you wanna, if you wanna put a divine appointment there, if there's somebody I need to pray for, if there's somebody I need to share the, the truth and hope of Jesus with, Lord, you, it's open, it's yours. However you wanna use my time, Lord, use it for your glory, for your kingdom. You know, I, I think about God has a infinite divine calendar. I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a daytimer and I don't think it's on a giant whiteboard. I don't think it's a digital calendar. But God has an infinite and divine calendar and it is written on the mind of God. What's interesting to think about is on that divine calendar, God can go back to the time, the place, the hour where he created the heavens and the earth. On that divine calendar, he can go back to the, the day and the time and the hour where he anointed David as king. And every major New Testament happening, he can tell you the time, the hour, the second. And he knew it in advance. He could tell you the time and hour that his son Jesus was born on this earth. He can tell you the time, the hour, the second which they crucified his son Jesus. He could recount the time when his son Jesus died on the cross and the time when he rose from the grave. And there's a time on his calendar that has not yet been revealed, but the returning of Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. It's on his divine calendar. What's remarkable to me, though, is on the infinite divine calendar of a holy God, that there's time and space on there for you and me. And there's divine appointments on which God has put us on his calendar, on his time. Some of us, there was a divine appointment in our life where we can remember where the Lord called us to be in relationship with him to receive the free gift of salvation. There was a divine appointment where God called you to share your faith with someone else that led to their acceptance of Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I believe that God's divine calendar has on it written many of our names and many dates and many times that he appointed in his faithfulness, in his righteousness, in his perfect timing. The question is, will we accept his divine appointment and call on our life? Today, this day, right now, God may have a divine appointment for you. Maybe it's to receive his son Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe it's to take a next step of faith. And like those many kids who were baptized just an hour and a half ago, maybe it's for you to take that next step of faith. My question is not whether God is calling, it's whether you are responding. This morning, there's a time of response. And I want to encourage you this morning, as the Lord leads, move with urgency to his call. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time of worship and uh, time to open your word, Lord. We thank you that on your divine calendar, Lord, from everlasting to everlasting, it's infinite. You know all times. You know all days. You know every second, Lord, and it's accounted for under your divine calendar. Lord, we're grateful that you would include us on it, that we would be important enough to you loved enough by you, Lord, that you would want to invite us 
to be with you for all eternity. So Lord, this morning, as we have an opportunity to respond, maybe it's to receive you as Lord and Savior. Maybe it's to take a next step of faith to be baptized, Lord. Lord, as you call, may we respond. We pray this in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand, let's worship. You come as God leads this morning. You come. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy Jesus, but to trust and oh, and the last, then in fellowship, then in fellowship sweet, we will sit his feet or we'll side in the way. What he says, he will go. Where he says, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So, Father, as we continue to submit the rest of our day to you. May you have the opportunity to impress on upon us the things you would desire us to do with our time, with our calendars. The time that you give us uh, here on this earth is precious. And so as you're conforming us to the image of your son, Jesus Christ, lead us to those, Father, that we would share that truth with that we can be his light in this lost and dying world. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word.